Hi, I'm Megan. I'm Colin, and this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. What does your website look like? Do you even have one? Websites and SEO are increasingly becoming a major component of advertising and marketing to find the clients that we want and to making sure that we are working with the people who want to be working with us. It's not just about discovery. It's about putting our best foot forward and having a wonderful client experience from beginning to end. And that's why we're so excited to have Erica Godwin, owner of Barketing Solutions, on to talk all about websites, design, and SEO for pet care. Let's get started. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, a little bit about uh, myself, so a quick background. Um, I got into the industry back in 2014. I'm a co-founder of ProPet Software, which is a kennel software. Um, and from there, when I started working with some of our clients, we noticed their websites are really outdated. And uh, my with my background in marketing, I'm like, okay, well, there's an opportunity here. We need to help these people. So. Back then, that was in uh, about 2017, we started, I, I uh, started Barketing Solutions and um, we started building websites for the pet industry and it just took off from there. Um, and uh, here we are. <laughs> now, you mentioned you noticed that a lot of the websites of your clients were outdated. What does it mean to have an outdated website? Um, so for the most part back then, a lot were not mobile friendly. They were not secure. So they didn't have the SSL certificate. Um, they the content was outdated. So, um, and what I mean by that is SEO strategies and techniques have changed a lot over the years. Uh, maybe five or so years ago, older so older SEO techniques. They could be like keyword stuffing, or they could be just they're no good anymore. So basically, we saw these uh, websites. They need to the content needs to be restructured properly. They need to follow kind of Google's um, uh, the structure and everything to help the crawlers. Uh, there could have been photos were outdated, uh, bios are outdated, just outdated information in general. Um, blogs that are outdated, uh, just an old design. So those types of websites, one, they're not good for Google, and two, they're really bad for user experience and uh, and your and your usability. Well, and that's that's something I guess to, that is kind of hard to keep up with too. Is the fact that part of having a good website is not just having all the information out there, but making sure that it's usable too and accessible. Because does that does usability play into uh, SEO and, and how optimized it is? It does, yeah. Because um, the thing is, is when you're building your website and you're building structuring the content in your website, you actually want to focus on your client first. So you want to make sure that what you put on the website is directed towards your client and not direct to the search engine. So basically that it flows naturally and it's not just like weird keywords in random areas. It just flows naturally. The client gets the information that they want right away. The clear call to action that takes them to the next step. Um, just making everything really simple, especially when you're competing against things like uh, Rover and Wag. You need to make sure your website is super, it's super simple and super quick to uh, let your clients get to the next step. Whether it's book a meet and greet, create an account, just get started. Um, that's the uh, reason for making sure that you kind of keep up with the market. So it sounds like you know, while websites, yes, provide 
a role of getting information out there. They also provide a role of of that user experience and start communicating how you as a business are going to operate with your client. Yeah, exactly. And it's the first uh, impression that they're going to get with you. So it's important that when someone comes to your website, you want to make sure that it gives the right impression. If they don't come to your website, it's outdated or it looks like, well, if they don't keep up their website, maybe their training techniques are old school or maybe they, maybe they're the way that they treat dogs. Maybe they're, they're still using like old techniques and there's not, there's better technology and that kind of stuff. So it just really gives a good first impression or a bad first impression. Um, and, uh, and you got to think about who your target audience is too, because that, an older website might be okay if you are targeting uh, people who are retired, older people who aren't as uh, techie. But if you're targeting millennials, then you better hope your website is easy to use, mobile friendly, and they can find what they want quick, or they're bouncing right back to Google. <laughs> so, what does it what what does it mean to be mobile friendly? Because I hear that I hear that uh, thrown out an awful lot. So, mobile friendly. I think of it, uh, Google now crawls mobile the mobile version of your website first so that means you need to have all of your information on mobile it's no good if your website ver- your website version is awesome and then you have a condensed version on mobile that's actually really damaging to your seo because google might not even see all that content on your main website and doesn't even acknowledge it mm. so to be mobile friendly you need to make sure you have the important content there and you need to make sure that your uh, website is responsive and adjusts to the different screen sizes. So you want to make sure that people don't have to like pinch to kind of find what they're looking for or scroll a lot to hit the button to book. Um, you want to make sure like your menu's there, it's sticky at the top and um, there's not a lot of wasted space. All of your important information is available on that mobile screen before they have to, before they have to scroll or anything like that. Hmm. And and the reason Google's crawling the mobile first is because that's just where the user behavior is, correct? That's where most people are browsing and using the internet these days. Yeah, pretty much. So mobile is becoming more and more important. And uh, if you don't have a mobile site at all, Google is actually going to probably start pushing you down further in the ranking. Hmm. Even if you have that like old that old reputation or, or authority. Is a mobile version, is that is that come standard with most websites these days? Or does that have to be developed separately with our, whoever we're hosting with? So it depends. I mean, I only work with WordPress for a few reasons. Um, but like on a WordPress website, so when we build your website, we, uh, we build the desktop version of your website, but then we also adjust the, um, the code to make sure that when it hits a certain screen size, we want it to like change. So we're basically telling the, the website and the browser what to show on what screen sizes. So hmm. you want a responsive website. You don't want like two different websites, one, two different websites showing on mobile and uh, desktop. Cause there's like hundreds of different screen sizes. So you want to make sure it just works well and adjusts with all of them. Right. Well, I guess, you know, that's kind of one of the thoughts to take into is where we're hosting our website, because while, you know, visually you might get the same impact or the same results when you see it uh, on the back end, there's a lot more going on at the, at the host level. Yeah. And hosting is more important than a lot of people think. Um, You really want to, you want to avoid those those really cheap budget shared hosting. The reasoning is because they don't have, they don't give you a lot of like power and resources. So your website is likely going to be really slow. 
Um, and when you use that shared hosting, you're sharing it with a whole bunch of different people. You have no idea who else is on that server. So if um, somebody on your server is downloading a bunch of like uh, videos and like uh, like huge resources, that could actually bog down your site. Mm. So um, like, for example, what we do is we have our own private server. So we have control over all of the websites that are on our servers. So it's not going to be somebody, somebody's not going to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, so that's a really important thing is you want to make sure you do get that um, good server, that good hosting and that five ninety nine a month hosting is no good for your website. <laughs> and is that just because when a website loads slow, the user is going to bounce quickly and, and go find something else? And so again, your SEO gets pinged? Basically for both. Yeah, because if someone goes to a website and it takes like 10 seconds to load, trying to go to another page, people are just going to get fed up. And also, yes, yeah, speed is becoming more and more important in SEO as well. So it's kind of both ends there. Earlier, you mentioned about outdated websites not necessarily having the the best or the latest security certificates. So what is an SSL certificate? And I guess, why do we need one? So what that is, is so it's a secure socket layer certificate. And basically what it does is it encrypts all your information. So um, for example, if I'm going to fill out a form on a website, I put in my information, my email address, my phone number. Um, when there's an HTTP when there's an HTTPS, TLC level lock, um, the SSL certificate. So when I submit that information in the form, if someone tries to intercept it, it'll all be jumbled and encrypted. So they can't actually get the details in there. So that's the same thing if someone's putting in a credit card number. They'll receive a bunch of jumbled information that they can't use. If you don't have an SSL certificate and someone submits a form, somebody tries to intercept it, they could literally get all the information that are submitted in the form and just pull that raw data. So it's really important to keep uh, your, your content safe, your client's content safe, but also it's also a, a ranking factor that uh, you need to have one of those. Um, for WordPress, they're free. So again, especially as a pet business website, or you don't need to pay for one. I know sometimes GoDaddy charges for that. Um, like there's no need. There's one called Let's Encrypt. And it should be free um, with your hosting. So, uh, yeah, don't. There's no need to pay for one unless you have some like crazy volumes with like really, really sensitive data going through your website. Yeah. Well, that's good to know, and, esp- but, and especially that mm-hmm. it, it it impacts your 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 ranking as well. Like that's one n- another thing that the the Google and the ranking services are looking at. Yeah, and Google just wants to be able to serve the best information to the people that are searching. So if it's not secure, then Google doesn't think it's the best information to serve. It's not safe to serve to their to the um, people who are searching. So um, that's what you want to keep in mind when Google is when when someone does search a query. Google's like, okay, well, I'm going to find the best piece of information out there to match this query. And then there's I don't even know how many ranking factors there are that goes with it, but. Um, that's the, that's a big one. Is is the, the is it safe for the person to go to? And you just want to make sure that that you take you take off that box, and that's an easy one too. Hmm. So thinking of of websites and what they can do for our businesses uh, in in your mind, what would you say are some of the unique challenges that a website solves for, for pet sitters, for dog walkers, for for those of us in the in the pet care industry? Um. So I would say the biggest thing is your website is your 24-7 salesperson. So 
you're you you're sleeping. Someone could be working. Maybe someone works the night shift. You're sleeping, and they can go on your website and they can book or they can submit an inquiry. Um, so that's the big thing. They're a twenty four seven salesperson. Interact. You could have a bot on your website set up. Um, and I mean, no matter what you're doing, your website's always working for you. And if you have some nice um, automation set up and even just a link to your software, you don't even have to do anything. It just generates the lead for you, um, especially if it's well written, like a well structured website with good content and you're, you're good to go. Streamlining your whole sign up saves you a lot of time. Yeah, many of us are, are constantly trying and fighting for more time in our days and for more boundaries in our lives. So to view our website as a way to get that time back and set some more boundaries, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot of is stick to your office hours and your hours of operation. And, and so to know that, okay, well, mm-hmm. I, I'm no longer checking email and responding at five o'clock or six o'clock. But my website can be sending automatic responses and booking people and getting them into the system. Mm-hmm. So I can review those. Like again, it's just this peace of mind. So you know you're not losing out on anything because that FOMO is really <laughs> is real. Whenever you're like, I'm not checking my phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, what, exactly. What? And I mean, exactly. I mean, like if you don't have that, and so but the thing is, is uh, a lot of times people like they might go to five different websites and just who's going to answer me first. So having that type of really good structure and streamlined process can help you get that client um, over your competitors. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about user behavior, not just on our websites, but in the pet care industry with, with a lot of the changes that came from 2020 and COVID, a lot of sitters are, are seeing that their clients are moving to more of an on-demand kind of service and, and their expectations on the industry are, I should be able to book whenever and however I need to. And so just having this one little piece to the puzzle really helps, again, solve these problems that our clients are having and meets their needs. Mm-hmm, exactly. And what I have a lot of our clients doing is um, um, to book the meet and greet. So using something like Poundly, you can embed that right on the website. Your client can come on and schedule that meet and greet based on your availability while you're sleeping. And you're, and you're not missing that lead there. Yeah, Calendly, Calendly is a really, really cool tool, and you can set up your availability, mm-hmm. set up when you don't want, and set up you know, buffers between certain times. And really, you know, again, you're still controlling your day because you're saying when you do and when you don't want stuff. But it allows people to book whenever without having to get you on the phone. Exactly. Yeah. Have you heard about Timed Pet? Chrisanne from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Our listeners get 50% off their first three months by going to timetopet.com forward slash confessional. I know in the pet care industry, we talk a lot about the importance of trust in, in, in our clients and that they trust us an awful lot. And so I was curious how our websites can help build trust with potential clients before they even start interacting with us personally. Yeah. So I think um, that kind of uh, goes back to the first impression. 
what's the first impression of the website? How easy is it? How even just the look? So people, if you don't judge a book by its cover, but a lot of times you do. And I mean, the look of your website could be a make or break. But again, it's a lot more important than just the look of your website because it has to work too. Pretty website that doesn't work is no good. Um, <laughs> so that's one part. But you want your website is your home base, so it's it's literally your piece on the internet it should be the piece that you own um like something like facebook or twitter or like instagram they're great to generate traffic even like even like a wix if they if those companies were to shut down tomorrow everything's gone because everything is hosted on their platform so it's really important to have a website that you own um wordpress is open source so they don't own it there's not hosted with them you can change your hosting tomorrow and keep your website. So it's your home base and you want to make sure that you have all, you have everything there. You are have social proof. You are um, listing your experience, your credentials, your certifications, insurance that you have, your testimonials. Um, you have a really solid bio. So people come, people work with people they like and trust. So you want to have a good solid bio with EAT and EAT stands for experience authority and trustworthiness so you want to make sure you have all that good stuff in your blog or sorry in your um bio nobody cares about like your favorite thing they they, they want to know about okay well how, what are you going to do to help me how can i trust you yeah what like you know what i mean so yeah um that's really important uh i always really stress putting your team on your website because that also is a way that people can trust you because you're going into people's homes. Like your staff are going into people's homes and having that visual, even better if there's a video intro of your uh, staff, that there will really kind of build that trust. Like, okay, well, at least I can see who's coming into my home, who, who their employees are, um, a little bit about them. Um, having professional visuals. So if you have professional photos of you, and your team, and you use those on your website, that really creates trust um, using those branded type photos. Um, and then keeping everything up to date, even just making sure that your prices are up to date, your services are up to date. Because the last thing you want is someone to call and say, oh, I want to book dog walking. And they're like, oh, well, the price on the website's not the price anymore. Like that right there is immediately going to um, hurt any trust or credibility because your website's not up to date. Um, so that's big. And then the other thing is using your um, website as a platform to really get established, really kind of share information, um, show people that you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing, and they can trust you. And uh, and you can use your blog to really uh, to kind of be that thought leader in your in your industry and in your area. Yeah, all those things, you know, you said, you you know, you can have a pretty website, but it has to work too. And so what you were describing there to me sounds like that's, those are all the ways in which the website's going to work, right? You can make sure it's all branded and you have all your colors that you want and all the smooth, cool lines and animations. But if mm -hmm. it's not actually communicating anything, it's not doing its job. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if it's not sending you, if it's not getting clients on your website to sign up for a meet and greet or, even just create to fill out the form, um, whatever your goal is, if they're not doing that, then um, a pretty website's not worth it. 
But I mean, in an ideal world, you want both. <laughs> you want one that's pretty, that works, that's SEO friendly. Right. <laughs> well, so what are what are some easy wins that we can make for our websites? Maybe, you know, we're listening to you describe some of this stuff and we're looking at our websites now and going, it doesn't quite meet those. <laughs> what, what would you what, what would be your top one or two things that you suggest people go and, and start working on or have worked on now? So what I would do, um, big thing is I know a lot of a lot of pet sitters don't have it is a service area page. That's really important for a few reasons. Um, can really help you connect with the uh, with your area and really kind of get more into nitty gritty of what you do in those specific areas. Um, using local photos are really good. So, like on those pages, you can actually go take photos of different uh, area, different like actual like landmarks in your area. Um, that's good. And then having like a, a directory almost of on that page of like resources. So maybe some of your favorite local resources for um, related businesses that aren't competitors and really just kind of buffing up that, that um, in that also builds your, your credibility and trust because of having all that good information. Um, And then photos is a big thing. So ideally you would want your own professional photos, but I know not everyone can do that. So the big thing is you just want to make sure that a big issue with a lot of sites are, are the photo size. So all photos should be optimized before you even upload them to your website. And then if you um, use like a plugin, like short pixel, and you can actually have them served in uh, WebP. And in the web, in the web file, that um, is a Google type file. So it's depending on what browser they use, it will serve a smaller version of the log of the, of the image. So it'll load faster. So that's um, a really, a really good thing to have for, um, without losing the uh, quality of the photo, so that's a big thing. So you talk about the importance of of photos. Is there a re- and you said local photos? I I know a lot of people will go and they'll get stock photos and put to put on their website. Does that impact SEO, or is that just a user preference for websites? No, what I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't impact your SEO. That would be more for a, like a user experience adding those local photos really kind of upset user experience and your branding. But um, I mean, if you have to use uh, um, stock photography, you can get some that aren't like, getting ones that aren't necessarily from the free sites are better because they're not ones that people have seen everywhere. Yeah. So like we, so for like for our clients, we have, um, we have like paid sites. So our clients can get access to kind of like quote unquote premium stock photography. Um. And then that way, it's not the same photo that I've seen on like 25 sites because it's one of the free ones. It's cute. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If you look, if you look at enough pet sitting websites, you do see, oh, you didn't scroll past the first page of Unsplash or whatever yeah. when you Googled for that. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, and that's, 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 those are photos. Uh, videos are becoming really, really popular and are increasingly being pushed as ways to connect and, and grow a relationship with, with our clients. What are some best practices around using videos on our website? So <laughs> videos look cool, but they are very large files. So they like, really affect load time um, compared to an image. So like what I think is good for photos or sorry, videos is um, using them for a bio. So using them on an about us page 
where people can go there. It's kind of like more of like a, as like a secondary page. Your homepage, you want to try to keep nice and clean so it loads fast. But a secondary page, which is a page that someone might click to once they like from Google, they might not land on your About Us page from Google. They more likely land on your homepage and then click on your About Us page. And then that's where you can ho- where you can maybe host some videos of, hey, meet all the pet sitters. Um, and then that way, that page might be slow to load, but it's not um, as important as the homepage. Sure. So I would keep it there. Um, and doing like video blogs is also a nice, a good way to use them. But uh, again, kind of got to weigh the pros and cons between the videos. If the video is more important than um, the load. Right. If it's more, if it's not a high SEO page, then it's not as essential. Sure. Well, and I like that idea again of keeping them on a secondary or tertiary page, um, so that as people are clicking mm-hmm. through to that, but so that that first experience that they get is this lightning fast response, so that they can get to the information they want, and then as they click and as they dig, they're able to to stumble across those. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about websites and how they relate to our customers. Something I don't hear talked a lot about is how our websites can bring in the employees that we want. So I'd I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just like your website streamlines the process for potential clients, you can also streamline the process for hiring employees. So um, if you use something like a Jazz HR, for example, you can work that into your website and embed the process. And um, someone comes to your website, they get directed to the to the hiring page. They fill out the stuff, uh, the application. They're good to go. Um, but you can also use it to kind of attract high quality employees. If high, because people want to work for like cool companies or fun companies, so using your website to kind of show your personality and what it's kind of like mm. uh, to work with that company is a way to attract some good quality, um, especially if they're applying to a bunch of different companies. So um, using your about us page again. So while it's good to show those um, intro videos and bios for the staff, for your clients as a potential, as an, as a potential candidate, they might also go there and see, well, who am I going to be working with? What are these people like? And kind of get that first impression in first impression there. So um think there's there's a lot of opportunity if you think of it on that perspective or put yourself in the shoes of an employer or or a potential employee like how can i make if someone's coming to your website does it look like a good work environment Mm. and then also instagram and facebook could be good for that but uh just kind of because when you do apply for a company usually you go to their website and look at it but if they have this outdated website and people look grouchy and <laughs> they might just be like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm a good fit for this company. Our websites sound like they can really communicate our culture too to people who are interested, not just our brand and as who we are, but but how we operate to those who are trying to find out more information. Yeah, exactly. And I mean it goes both that goes both ways for hiring employees or for having your um your customers. Because I mean if you have this really bubbly like personality and everyone's so friendly and nice and like, Oh wow. I want them to take care of my pet or I want to work for them. So it kind of goes both ways there. You mentioned one of the benefits of having a website was it was kind of your corner of the internet that you controlled and, and laid claim to, but there are a lot of other places out there. You mentioned them, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google, my business. 
is there a way to know how to balance where we put what information and, and how we manage it all? Well, for those, um, you kind of need to study each of them and figure out how your audience consumes information on each platform. So like one thing that absolutely is a pet peeve of mine is when somebody takes that exact same little post and shares it on Facebook, Instagram, Google, my business, Pinterest, like, no, (laughs) you need to craft your content to best put it in that way that, that your audience on each platform is going to consume because you might have a different audience on Facebook. Maybe you have an older audience on Facebook and a younger one on Instagram, for example. They're not, they're not consuming content the same way. So you need to, um, it's, I know it's a lot more work, but you will get better results if you do create content, especially for that. And again, everything that you post online should always direct them back to your website. And so again, just keeping in mind that your website is that little corner that you're protecting, that you're keeping, that that's the, the be all end all of that information. And then I like how you said crafting that content and figuring out taking some time right like there's no there's no (laughs) one size fits all response this everybody's content is going to look a little bit different on each of these platforms depending on who their clients are and that's okay it just takes a little bit of time and studying to figure that out yeah and i mean they have good analytics so you can go in and see what works try a bunch of different things check your analytics and see which uh which platforms are seeing better results on different things you might notice that on on facebook videos anything that you posted to video is getting a lot more views so Mm. you focus on video instagram maybe it's pictures of the pets or i mean it's different for everybody so you're really just gonna have to look at test it out try a bunch of testing and see what works best for you and your audience and stick with it and Every couple months, maybe go back, revisit, and work from there. I want to dive into SEO now and and have just right off the bat, have you define SEO a little bit more specifically in in its role in websites? All right. So that's a huge topic. Um, (laughs) SEO is... (laughs) um, So basically, SEO is getting your website, basically making it, making Google like your website. <laughs> so that it shows up in the search engine. Yeah. But the big thing, and again, like I said earlier, it has changed so much over the last few years that if your website was built like four or five years ago and you haven't updated anything, it's totally irrelevant now. Like Google, it's just totally changed all of the um, SEO ranking factors. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, but again, like your website, it needs to be written for the um, end user first and Google likes content that other people like. Hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you start getting a lot of attention from, so say you post something as an example, you ha- you have this new blog you wrote, you put, put on Facebook and Instagram and everything and you're getting a ton of clicks and people are loving it and people are sharing it. Now Google's going to notice it and you'll probably notice if that happens, you will, that blog will jump up a lot faster in the search engine. Or something that might get a little bit of trickles when you post, they'll go up slowly. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it's it's a lot more than just having a website with good structure and good content. You need to have you need to drive your own traffic and you need to show Google, hey Google, look, people like my stuff. And then Google will begin to notice you more and 
think that you uh, oh well there if people like it then who's searching for this term must also they'll probably like it too and then so that it's kind of how it works yeah yeah so it's just uh, a big thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> well so is that is that or what you're describing there is that kind of the difference between um or organic seo and and how things bubble up naturally versus how traffic's driven to them or or what's the difference between organic and local seo yeah so that so that what we described there is more on the organic um that's building your uh, your your organic search in google and that's related to your website um a, a little known fact that a lot of people don't realize is that google my business and your website they produce um, your uh, rankings for in different areas. So um, when you search your lo- pet sitters near me, you'll notice a little map with like three listings, maybe four if it's an ad. So that there is called, that's your local three pack. And that actually is not related to your website. That's related to your Google My Business listing. So those ranking factors, that lo- that's local SEO, those ranking factors are different than the organic ranking factors that your website generates. Um, so Google My Business could be the proximity is a big one for Google My Business and um, the information that you show. So like what services you offer, the categories, the big one there is reviews, the number of good reviews you have. And I'm telling you, you better be responding to every single review, whether it's good or bad. If there's three years ago and you haven't responded, respond now, because that is a big mm-hmm. ranking factor. And it's not just the number of reviews, but it's the number of reviews and responses. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because Google wants to see that you're responding and that you're engaging with them. So that's important. Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct-to-client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap, and shipping fees across the U.S. and Canada. They're releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of the year that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get-well wishes, and to welcome new or even rescued pets. They also have a few gifts options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account. Who doesn't love free? To receive discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligations or minimum purchase fees. Learn more and register using petperennials.com slash pages slash GPS and enter the referral code PSC at registration. You'll then be given a unique coupon code to save $2 off any packages that you send in your first 90 days. And again, this is this is all, you know, we're mentioning Google here, and, and that's just because they're the ones that are crawling and, and doing all of this stuff probably at the largest scale and where most people are using it. And they're they're basing all of their these decisions off of what's ranking what for SEO based off of their analytics of how people are actually using the internet right and how they're actually accessing that information yeah so their algorithms are like super crazy and um they just keep learning people's behavior and uh and adjusting based on it so um i mean it's impossible to know everything that you have to do but there's a lot of pretty um more standard factors that haven't really changed over the years that kind of remain important um some of them are like the uh the title tag you want to make sure the title tag has your uh, business name and your location, your services. 
um, meta description. So the meta description, while it's not necessarily a ranking factor, it's a factor that might help somebody actually click on your listing if it has some good enticing information. It's not like just like your email, your phone number, and just like something pulled from the website. It's really important to kind of take the time to craft a good title tag and uh, meta description to get those clicks because. I mean, you could be number one on Google, but if you don't have a great meta description, maybe the one behind you has a really enticing one. They might actually, you might lose some clicks. So um, that's important. And that's something that that's pretty easy to do. Um, yeah. The image optimization is another one that's big. Um, making sure that you're not adding these huge images because um, the way that it works. So some people might think, well, my website does it for me. But the thing is, I mean, for, for WordPress anyways, I'm not sure about the other website builders, but if you upload a two megabyte um, like photo and then on your website, it's only going to come out small. So like, oh, well, I, well, I upload the photo, but it, it's smaller on my website. But the thing is, is that your web page is actually loading the full size image before it's scaled down. So that's why it takes up a lot of, it'll slow down your website. So it's important to optimize that before you upload it and then use an uh, image compression plugin to optimize it more and then there's the alt text that you want to use <laughs> and the alt text should be a descriptive um like a little descriptive um word or few words of the photo but also mm. another big thing that people don't realize is naming convention of the um, images so it's important that you don't just upload an image that is like IMG underscore five seven eight nine, the image name should describe what the image is as well. So all of and that's all important for SEO, all that image optimization. And that's for accessibility purposes, right? If people are using um, certain software that's going to read out what somebody's mouse is moving over, or is that just so that the Google can catalog everything that's on that website? So I mean, it's for for everything. It's a uh, if it so the alt text will show up if someone's loading a website it's not loading the image it'll show the alt text Hmm. so it'll tell them what the photo is supposed to be but also google does use it um when they're ranking so or even more important if it's an image search that'll show up now you mentioned title tags and meta meta descriptions those are just the title tag is that first line when you google for something google dog walker title tag is the first line that shows up and the meta description is the text that shows up underneath it is that right Yes. Okay. So yeah. So making sure that those are speaking to your clients in in such a way that's going to attract them to make that click uh, versus somebody else down the line. Yeah, exactly. The title tag is very important because it is used as a ranking factor. So you want to make sure that title tag says exactly what you do and where you do it. So if someone's searching um, for, uh, for dog walking in your city, your title tag speaks to that. It's clear. And then the meta description, you kind of want to put some enticing information there to get them to click on your listing. How do you stay on top of all of these things as they're changing and affecting SEO over time? Um, so for the SEO stuff, I work a lot with um, Amy from Petsitter SEO. So we talk a lot and uh, she, she, I, I work with her and um, stay up to date on all the SEO stuff. Um, and then, I mean, other than that, it just online articles um when new updates come out i just kind of take some time stay on top of them and because it's ever changing (laughs) every couple months yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then that's one of the big things about our sites is um we know that so we have those plans so that a client could 
get a website with us like a year ago. And then maybe now it's a year later and they want to make changes structurally or design or anything. Um, the way that we build websites, they can just be like, hey, can we use a different layout or can we make this look different and make these changes? We can actually do all that stuff without changing the structure or having to redo. So um, it's good to kind of stay on top of everything. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed um, when you are talking about doing the web hosting of the actual websites, um, you, you very specifically called out that you, you were using uh, PHP. Is is that a programming language that um, we should be looking for when we're looking at websites, or is that just what you prefer to use? No, so PHP is what WordPress uses. Okay. Um, but they have a lot of different. So, like, there was um, PHP 5.6 was used a lot. Um, but it's important. And this is something at the web host level. So your web, your web host needs to do this. Oftentimes they don't stay on, especially if it's not like a managed hosting, it's just like that five ninety nine a month one. Um, they're not going to like stay on top of updating the PHP. So, um, like a lot of websites right now are probably running on like PHP 7.1 or 7.2. And I know this probably means absolutely nothing to most of you, but, um, what I would do is email your hosting company if it is a WordPress website and just ask, just make sure you're on the um, most recent version of PHP, the newer versions. So it's, it's the, it's the, it's the technology that the website is built on. So having that most updated level, it's more secure, but it also has a lot of speed improvements and performance improvements as well. So definitely something that I would uh, write down is go ask your web host. Um, what PHP they're doing, it should be at least 7.4 is what the most recent one is, I believe, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those numbers that, that, that is that's pretty meaningless to most of us. But it is, it, as you mentioned, it does play important roles in speed and that, that your website's using the most advanced technologies to stay up to date yes. um, as new things come along. So you can implement new things or just stay on top of security things and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like most people don't have, have no idea. I remember talking to people and like the other php they're out of date and as soon as they're out of date there's no more updates being sent to them so now there's security vulnerabilities so and likely if your website is four years old five years old and hasn't been you haven't really been updating it just a good chance you're on an outdated version um that could have some holes that hackers could get into so it's just really important to make sure everything is up to date you should never wordpress users another thing is um make sure please make sure that your plugins, your theme, everything in WordPress is all up to date. And it's also important to update in a specific um, direction. So you want to do plugins first and then your theme and then WordPress. So um, that is something that should be done at least weekly, updating your, updating all of that information. Because again, the big thing, it's security. Security is so important and um, you need to make sure that everything is stayed up to date. And the biggest reason is because of all of, because WordPress is so popular, that's where all the hackers are trying to get into. So most of the updates are security patches because someone mm. found a vulnerability. Yeah. So you just really want to make sure that you stay on top of that. And that doesn't take a lot of time or technical know-how, right? Is that just some, some things you can be refreshing in buttons clicking in WordPress? Or is that, you know, need to have a full understanding of PHP 7 point, whatever, whatever? No, no one needs to know that stuff. That's just that's just um, what it's built on. So sure. that's just what WordPress is built on. You don't have to touch it. You just want to make sure that you are using the um, 
it's on your server. So it's server level anyways. Um, so it is super easy as long as you stay up to date on it. So you want to make sure that, I mean, if you go in once a week and update everything, then that's good. But if you haven't updated stuff in like a few years, then I would be very, very careful. I wouldn't want to go in and update because you'll probably break something. Oh. <laughs> well, and I know another... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, well, and so how do you, uh, I'll ask you this, how do you do backups? Is it possible to do a backup of a website so that in case something does happen, you don't have to start from zero? Yes. And everybody should have that. So um, we do a couple different things. So we we do um, on our hosting, uh, with our hosting, we do daily on-site backups, but then we also do off-site backups. So we have backups running on two different platforms. So if our hosting company decided to shut down, all right, well, we have all the backups off-site. We can go get another hosting company and load all the websites back. So that's what we do. Um, so, I mean, we've had we've had issues where a client went in and they made a big mistake and they broke something. Well, no problem. We just go and push a button to backup. So everybody should have backups. Um, I mean, you could use something like Updraft Plus. Um, there's tons out there's tons of different uh, plugins out there just to have backups, but you don't think you don't realize how important it is until you need one. Yeah. Um, another good reason to have backups is if you do get hacked. Where, I mean, like something like our websites, we have security plugins and we do as much as we can to make sure that you don't get hacked. But I mean, just like you have a security alarm in your house, someone could still break your window. And if they really want to get in, they might be able to. So having that backup is important because if your your site does get hacked and we have backups, we can go back. We can revert your website back to before it was hacked and then clean it up make sure I'll change all your passwords and everything like that. So it saves a lot of um, trouble hmm. down the road. Almost like an insurance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as you mentioned, uh, having multiple backups because uh, you never know when some, when one of those might fail or just extra security on top of those. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we do. We have the on-site and off-site just to be safe. Now, I, I do want to pick your brain because another security thing, as you were talking about, that just popped into my brain is um, many websites and many of the web was built on and was running Flash, but that was recently deprecated as of last year. Uh, so how do, you, how do you check if your website is using Flash um, and how, how do you get rid of it, I guess, is, is, is really the most important question. Oh <laughs> people still use it? <laughs> you wouldn't be um, – you'd be surprised. I... <laughs> If you're using Flash on your website, then it probably is a good idea, a good time to get a new one. The thing about Flash is it won't load on Macs. Yeah. So um, if you have a Flash website, then it's probably very old. Yeah. And you need to get a new one. Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to th- <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there because you know you never you yeah. you never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have seen them, and it's usually those ones that. Look like they were built in like 2000, 1995. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. You're saying they looked awesome, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. a word. It's like the original Google. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> Erica, I have really enjoyed uh, talking to you about websites and kind of diving down into the weeds of, of SEO and, and the importance of hosting too, is, which is a topic that not uh we don't think of enough we just think oh i've i have my website so i can you know check that off the list and i'm good to go so i th- thank you for highlighting some of the things that we need to be on the lookout for and uh but i know it's a big big topic and so there's still going to be a ton of questions that people have so um if people want to reach out and pick your brain and, and talk about website hosting and and how to do updates how best can they do that 
Yeah. So if anybody does have any questions at all about their website or hosting or anything like that, you can reach me at um, Erica at marketing.co. It's Erica with a K at marketing.co and not com because that one was $6,000. <laughs> <No. laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. And uh, and I'll have I'll have that link in the show notes uh, so people can click right right to that. Erica, again, thank you so much for coming on today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I really do think that the very first step before we get down into what PHP our site is programmed on or who our hosting service is or any of that, I really do think the first step is to come up with a strategy for exactly how we're going to use it. Why do we need a website? What do we want it to do for our business? How is it going to improve the customer experience and onboarding process? And then even as we talked about with Erica, how can it attract the employees that I want and build culture? When we approach websites and our online presence without a plan, without a design or an end goal in mind, we end up all over the place, not focused and not knowing where and how to put out content and what design is going to work best for our clients. So if you haven't developed a strategy or come up with a plan for your website and it's just merely a checkbox that, yes, I have this, and then you're moving on, I would really encourage you to sit down and look at your website, look at your online presence as something a lot more valuable than just checking boxes. I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation with Erica, and we want to thank our sponsors, Timed Pet and Pet Perennials, for making today's show possible. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you have stories of your website growing and developing it or what you've learned about how to use a website in your business, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can send it at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com, everywhere on social media at petsitterconfessional. You can even send us a phone call, 636-364-8260. As a reminder, there will be one show next week released on Monday where we have a roundtable discussion with three business owners in pet care talking about the future of the pet care industry and what we can all be doing to get ready for and how we can be a part of shaping that future to make it better for everybody. Really excited about this one. Hope you tune in and enjoy. Thank you.